It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Alright folks, and thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Road. Well folks, um, it's another episode, it's episode number 15 of the pod. Um, these episodes are fairly flying in, aren't they Danny? I, I can't actually quite believe it to be honest. It's weird isn't it, because I remember like 15 episodes doesn't feel like much, but yet so much has happened within that time. I remember when you came to me with the concept and we sat in Frankie and Benny's chatting about this potential podcast and how we go through and talk about the football matches week by week and do a bit of an analysis and it's just become something completely different to that because of everything that's happened and I think we never expected it but but we're still going and it's it's going good, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, the, the world's certainly a different place. Um, it's definitely helped um, the situation for me and you. I know... Um, for the people that probably don't know this, and I think a lot of people do know this, there is quite a bit of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Um, I have to say, particularly by Danny, um, just to put these pod- podcasts together. Um, so I know that we're, we're both doing it because we love it. We're certainly not making any kind of money out of this or anything like that. But, I mean, it's funny. We, we, we get in the pod and we just chat, and I think we've kept with that initial idea of we don't really script it too much, we just kind of go with the flow, don't we? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think that's the best way to do it, isn't it? Because you let your passion get involved in it as well, don't you? And uh, it gives you a chance to be able to really feel the emotion, which is what football's all about. It's all about emotions, um, so it's good to be able to do a podcast that reflects it nicely. Like. And it's, uh, it's good that we just get to have that conversation about football, because as, as we know, with the, the lives we live in with kids and family and partners it's sometimes hard to you know share that passion especially with the lockdown not being able to play football so um i actually really enjoy having these conversations with you danny about football and it doesn't even feel like we're recording a podcast you know you sometimes you got to turn your little professional head on which is which is which is a bit mad but um i think the guests have been working well haven't they we've had good feedback from having the guests on and stuff i think that's been the good part about this whole lockdown isn't it is the fact that we've had the chance to be able to get guests on that we maybe would never have got in 
if we were doing it in the style that we originally started the podcast so it's been great to be able to get some of the boys on um, that we've had on and I look forward to getting loads more on throughout the next few weeks that's it well as I say today's guest guys um, we've got big big comedian um, in, in, in Northern Ireland Ireland uh, Ronan Boyle he runs the Strabanta page which I, think, I believe has got maybe 50, 60,000 likes on Facebook he's played some big gigs up and down the country so he'll be coming on a bit later um, but what me and Danny are going to discuss um, after we've caught up with what we've been doing this week or so is we're going to discuss the top five players that we hate in the Premier League era. So that'll be interesting. Um, it's not something that you really like to hate, but I have to say some of these players that you hate is because they're that good and they just didn't play for Liverpool. But it'll certainly be interesting to, to discuss five players that we hate, won't it, Danny? It would be interesting because I, I struggled a little bit to be able to get some names down. And then once I got rolling and started doing a bit of research and thinking about different people, it, it actually surprised me how many people... I ended up making two lists <laughs> because there was that many people that I thought, do you know what? I really didn't like him when he played. Um, <laughs> so, it's, so it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see how many we've got the same and the reasons why we've got them as you said sometimes it's because they were a great player sometimes it's because they play for the rival teams all sorts of reasons behind this it'll be interesting well that, I think Danny just found attacking players that had a right foot and he, he probably hates them all <laughs> <laughs> but yeah any any right footed left back he's, he's getting in my list those scumbags trying to take our positions <laughs> uh, that's it um, but anyway I mean before we come to that how, how's your week been how has this week of lockdown been for you um, Danny it's been alright. I think we're in a routine now. I think we're at that stage. I'm eight weeks since I stopped working in an office, so I'm sort of been at home now for eight weeks. And you're in a routine. I've got used to how it works with the kids and when to get up and what to do, and sort of got my days planned out. I think we're at the stage now where everybody is kind of panicking a little bit and starting to get real complacent with everything. I've been speaking to people throughout the week, family members, friends, and some people are kind of not doing lockdown anymore some people are kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit and all sorts of different things because the, the problem is is that we don't know when it's going to end and I think people are anxious about that so for me it was a case of sitting down this week and trying to come up with a, a solid routine of like this is what I'm doing I'll know that I'm doing this on this day and that's how I know what day of the week it is because I've had trouble waking up on days going what day am I actually in I don't know what's going on so this week was all about trying to get a solid um, a solid sort of routine in place for me and for the kids uh, and for my wife so we can all sort of work together. But that meant that it motivated my wife and we ended up painting the front door and doing all sorts of garbage that I hate doing. So there was, there was pluses and minuses. <laughs> and- <laughs> I, th- I think everyone listening can relate to um, that, you know, what day is a type of thing. We've all kind of... It's a scary thing because whenever this lockdown comes out, I think people start to get into routines, like you said. So we're going to have to create new routines then, which is going to be another change. Um, so as I said before, the good thing about this lockdown, if there is a good thing, is that we're all in together. Um, on a side note, um, where I don't want to kind of moan about it or run too much, um, but I suppose it's our podcast, so and it's a free it's a free world, so we'll say Do what we want. want. Yeah, yeah I, I am getting annoyed <laughs> by people not really taking it seriously now. I, you know, it. I. I um, but without going too deep into it, you know, I have I've have a son, you know, to um a previous relationship that lives in a different household and I can't even hug him, but then there's people partying and you know, when you put it on that context it, it really does show the good and the bad in the world. Um but I suppose without kind of bigging ourselves up and bigging this podcast up too much, that's what we're doing with this podcast. Um we started it before lockdown and we're just trying to create a little bit of good and a little bit of happiness and people to kinda of, with the football coming back in Germany there. 
um, which I thought was a, a big success. Um, I heard people moaning about it um, and saying, you know, it wasn't the same and it was, you know, I've seen, it was like a trainer match. But, I mean, what what were people really expecting? You know, what was your thought? Did you watch any of the, the Bundesliga and did you, you know, what were your thoughts on it? I watched probably more of the German league this weekend than what I have done in the past five or six years. <laughs> <laughs> I think every single German league game that was on this weekend, I watched a bit of. Um, and yeah, it was it was strange, wasn't it? It was strange the way that it was. But as you said, what were people expecting? Were they expecting like atmosphere and for it to be piped through on like surround sound speakers or something? I don't know. But um, like I thought, all in all, the football was good. Yes, the fitness wasn't there, but everyone was expecting the fitness to not be there. These boys, the same as us, have been stuck in the house for the last eight weeks. There's only so much fitness you can do. Um, so yeah, but I thought all in all there were some good games. So I, I liked the Borussia Dortmund game. I thought it was a yeah, good game to watch. Four 0 as well. Yeah. Good scoreline. Bayern Munich game as well. They eased themselves into it. It was good. They, they were good, solid matches. And and at the end of the day, for people like us who enjoy football, who love watching live football, you, you're only going to be happy seeing the return of that because it means that it's a little bit step closer to the Premier League than starting back as well, which is what we want. Well, that's it. I think we're all we're all at the moment. We're all looking at these little points, these little steps where we're. A, a step closer back to normality and I think seeing the football was like okay it might not be in, in UK and Ireland but that's a little bit step you know a little bit more step forward to Canada world going back to normal so for me it was a positive I enjoyed it I safely enjoyed the Dortmund game um, your man Holland up front he's just he's just on fire isn't he it's unreal I don't know how many goals he scored he's, he's scored like 15 goals in about Three games or so. I don't even know what it is, but I just knew he was going to score. I should have put a bet on, to be honest. But there you go. <laughs> it, it, he's crazy, isn't he? He's such a good player. He's came out of absolutely nowhere this season. He's just kind of exploded onto the scene, and it was all uh, obviously talking a lot about Jaden Sancho, which which is rightfully deserved for the age of him going to a different country and sort of propelling his game in the way that he has. But Haaland just seems to have blown everyone out of the water with the way that he is he's playing with so much confidence for a young lad unreal to watch he was great he was great on Saturday like. could I put it out there maybe put it out there it's maybe the next Zlatan next Zlatan Ibrahimovic you know edit that out Danny <laughs> but the next Zlatan Ibrahimovic you know he just, he's got that type of feel about me he's not got uh, he's, he's not blessed with pace but he's just a goal scorer and uh I think I can relate to that on some level. I'd say a lot of people listening to this don't know me would probably be like, you know, well, how can Amo relate to being a goal scorer? But <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly relate to having no patience sticking in the net sometimes. But yeah, um, it's it's just good to, 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 to... I think it's the first time I watched him live, really, apart from when he come, come against Liverpool. So um, I was happy about that. Um, but anyway, on a more... Um, negative, <laughs> should we say, or just like a completely change, change of scenery... Me and Danny have been doing our top fives, and um, today is our top five players that we dislike in the Premier League era. Okay, so um, it doesn't have to be any particular reason. It could just be that they were quality, and they used to, you know, destroy Liverpool. Um, but it's just our top five players that we hated over the, you know, years. So, as I say, what further ado, give me your five, your five to two, five to <laughs> two. Okay, cool. Um, now, interestingly enough, as you said, this is it's absolutely emotion based. I think just how you felt about certain players in certain times. So weirdly enough, and I don't know if you've got this in your um, your list, but my number five is actually a Liverpool player. I know exactly who you're going to say. Um, I know rightly who you're going to say, but let's let, 
it, it, was, it, it was just like, was he? <laughs> I, th- I think we might be onto the same character here. So yeah, my number five yeah. has to go to who is when I was doing the research, uh, according to a poll, the most hated man in the history of the Premier League, El Hadji, the youth. Ex- Am I right? Exactly. Exactly. I will give you an interesting fact. Um, well, it's interesting to me. My first ever Liverpool game that I went to, he was actually the first Liverpool player I ever seen score. So don't have to have a good omen or a bad omen, but. <laughs> <laughs> He was just—he was just such a hateful player, wasn't he? And the thing was, is that he had talent to be able to get to the the stage that he played at, to play for Liverpool, to play for Leeds, and all these different clubs that he played for. He had talent, but he squandered it just by being a complete tool, didn't he? Just the things that he'd done to the crowds, the things that he'd done on the training Spitting field, the, the things on. that he'd done to other players—he was ridiculous. Like, well, I'll give you, and it does make my top five, but I'll, I'll wait until later on in the show where. Where he gets him, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, he spat at people. He was never liked. He had stuff to say about Carrigan, Gerrard, and I think a lot of players in the past have, have, have found it hard. The thing about the youth, uh, he was a big fish at Senegal. He was the main man. Yeah, and he come over to Liverpool, and he's used to being the main man. And he was African football of the year and all this and that. And he's he's come to Liverpool, and Gerrard and Carrigan just been like, you need to earn, earn, earn your place, earn your reputation at this club. And there's players like Peter Crouch. I've mentioned it in the past, you know, where you've had to kind of you have to be accepted by Gerard and Carragher to you know to be in that Liverpool team around that time. Yeah, and they used to probably thought he was better than them. And to be honest with you, yeah, he had talent, but I mean, I think when he's at Bolton and the, oh, we're all respect to Bolton, I think he kind of peaked. That was his that was his level. Um, and yeah, I, I'd never really, I was never really fussed on him as a player anyway. And, and yeah, to be fair, he's just a scumbag. So yeah, I I agree with you, and he, he makes my top five for sure. Interesting, isn't it? As I said, I watched them play a load of times when I was living in Liverpool, and just yeah, you kind of watched, you watched the rest of the team turn against them, which was the thing, and you watched them yeah. almost as as play got worse and worse and worse, and there was boys overtaking them that maybe weren't as good talent wise as them, but because they had respect for the club and respect for the team, and the the grafted and the end the place, and they didn't think too much of themselves, they became far better than them, and it was it was a good day when we eventually got rid of them. <laughs> that's that's so so true. Who was your number four? Number four, I think you have to go, and I've realised all the way up until number one, all of my players come from either, obviously, my own club, which is the Liverpool one, uh, or rival clubs. Because, for me, passion, when it comes to football, is all about the rivalries in football and things like that. And, for me, there was a, there's obviously two big rivalries that hit Liverpool, and that is the Liverpool-Everton derby and Liverpool versus Manchester United. So, as you can imagine... Most of my players are coming from that 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 place. Fair enough. Um, so my number my number four, um, just because of the type of character he was, the way that he played, when I watched them play, and and the hatred he sort of epitomises for me that player that you sort of had hatred towards. My number four is Duncan Ferguson. Oh, <laughs> I, he's in my, he's in my top five. It's mad, Danny. It's <laughs> it's rare that we think alike, but yeah, I mean. So yeah, tell me your thoughts on Duncan Ferguson as a player. Duncan Ferguson just became that that figure of hatred, and he just became like the villain of derbies. I always remember watching derbies when I was growing up, and everything was Duncan Ferguson. You went into a match hoping for a good game of football, but you hoped that you would beat the other side. Duncan Ferguson went into it like amateur league against a boy that owed money, 
like he just went in there to kick boys as hard as he could to fight to scrap to make it to, and it just descended so many times when I when I either went to Anfield I remember watching uh, a derby match at Goodison that he was playing in and he just he turned the football match into a joke and that was it for me is that when you were going to a football match to watch a game and you wanted primarily yes you wanted your team to win but you also wanted to watch a good game of football because you were paying money for it and you were turning up to watch a derby watching Duncan Ferguson just kick boys and mess up play and and for me I don't like that type of player and I think there was other boys that potentially made that list as well for me Uh, the likes of Marouan Fellaini would have been one who hasn't made my top five but he made my second list of boys Uh, players that just for me are just a little bit talentless and Duncan Ferguson kind of epitomised that for me and he he annoyed me watching him play Uh, he was just he was just kind of that just that baddie just that arch villain type guy that you'd expect out of a cartoon, not on a professional football field. Well, yeah, as I say, we'll, we'll divulge into my top five in a while, but yeah, he makes mine. So I think everything you said there is absolutely spot on, Danny, and I couldn't agree more, you know. Um, so number three. Number three was all about what he represented. So for me, like, I don't hate the guy, as you said at the start. Hate's is a strong word, and I think all of these people, yes, I didn't like them. Hate is, is a totally different word, but what he epitomised at the time is why he's in my list so number three for me is Gary Neville <laughs> do you know what yeah um, what what more can you say about him I mean he's a player that he was, if he was on your team you would love him wouldn't you yeah he, he played for the badge he played for the club and like as I said I like him now I see him as a pundit for Sky Sports and he's good and you can't take away from that like yes you have a bitterness towards Man United but you've also but also as, as we've said at the start of this pod we're also football people so we appreciate football and Gary Neville appreciates football so you've got to respect that um, but yeah for what he was at the time the way that they're running over to the to the Liverpool fans kissing the United badge and the whole antagonistic side of it he, he loved his club and he was passionate towards it which was great um, but yeah for me he became a, a figure of, of hatred during my, my years of watching him play I think I agree everything you said there now he doesn't make my top 5 I think he doesn't make my top 5 because of the top 5 I've picked um, but I have to say I think since his in my, in my eyes since his kind of pundity he's probably redeemed himself a little bit because when he first came out as a pundit I think it was a year or two before Gallagher and I used to just slate him because it was Gary Neville but then, you know, I think someone come up to me one day in a bar, believe it or not, one of my good friends who supports United. And, you know, he actually doesn't talk that much garbage. You know, he actually talks some sense. And do you know what he does? Um, I think mm. it's, I think just because he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's, a, he's a good pundit, I think that's why he, he doesn't get into my top five. So he's kind of saved himself. But, yeah, when he was playing for United, <laughs> he, he was the first player that you wanted to see someone go through, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll run down from my five to three, and then we'll go our top two, Stanny. Good. Happy enough with that. Cool. Sounds good to me. My number five, um, and it was literally 50-50 between two players. I think I'm going to edge it just with... Uh, I was either going to be Cristiano Ronaldo or Diego Costa, but I think I'm just going to put Diego Costa in um, because Ronaldo, since Ronaldo's left United, actually don't mind them. Um, but, yeah, uh, everyone knows why we hate you. In, in his United days, Ronaldo, he was great, but he was a diver and stuff like that. And Costa's the same. I mean... Costa is one of these players that just... I'm sure if you played for your club, you would love him. But he just... How can I put it? He just rifles you up. I think it's one of them where... I can only like give this analogy of playing amateur football. It's like when you're playing amateur football and uh, your team's getting beat a couple... Like, two, three nil, and you know you can't come back. And he's always that one player that wants to rub it in your face. and like That's what Diego Costa's like. He's one of those players that... Yeah. 
he don't get me wrong, he's always up for the fight and it's good when you watch him when I've watched him in neutral games where I don't care who wins, I love watching him. But when he's played Liverpool in the past, he's just always seemed to rifle us up. And it's it's always seems to be games where like Chelsea have like been winning one or two nil and he's like in our face and rifling and kicking people and stuff, so that's why. I mean, I think he's one of the most players that you hate, that you love to hate, isn't he? If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes complete sense. He, he was a real hated character, um, and he, he loved it. That's the thing is, he loved that whole pantomime villain type character. He, he played for it, and he still does now at, at Atletico Madrid. Plus, he's a Brazilian. I don't why he's playing for Spain, but that's another question. <laughs> that's another uh, debate <laughs> for another day, I suppose. Number four, um, I, I'm matching you, and I've gone Duncan Ferguson. Um, I seem to remember. Um, a game he come on he's he come off the bench for Everton and he come on for Everton against Liverpool and he got sent off for about a minute or two because he just as you say he just come on to disrupt the game to break up the game to playing football Liverpool in them days when Duncan Ferguson played for Everton Liverpool were never that good as in like they were never really the best team out there like they are now but they were still a mile and a high above Everton and it just goes to show that the only way Everton could ever have a chance of beating us was by ruffling us up and getting stuck in. And, and that's what Duncan Ferguson epitomised. That's why the Everton fans love him, because it's kind of the only bit of glory that they have to shout about, because it's like, oh, crap. Like, Duncan Ferguson coming on and hitting off you boys, you know. It, 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 it's kind of laughable, really. Um, and I always always remember Duncan Ferguson playing against uh, Villarreal in the Champions League qualifiers. And it was... Uh, Kalina was the referee, and Everton got knocked out. But Duncan Ferguson scored a header. And it was probably one of the few headers I've ever seen in my life that he scored that like it shouldn't have been disallowed. There was nothing wrong with it. But I just think that's karma for all the times that he's been like jumping on boys and headbutting boys and elbowing boys and <laughs> I think when you look back now, if all the times he's got away with like leaving leaving one in on someone where he scored, it come back to bite him in that big game there. So yeah, haha <laughs> Duncan Ferguson. But yeah, I can understand why Everton fans love him, but you know, not for me, he's just a wee scumbag really. Um number three um, and this is going to be controversial because I actually think the man is quality. Again, he's a good pundit these days. Um, but at the time, he can't. He can't not make my top five. I hate him, Roy Keane. I think um, he's just someone that at the time I love to hate. Um, looking back at football now, I think he was a, a far better player than what Liverpool fans respected. Um, and he's a great leader for United. And what he's won is, you know, you can't argue with it. Um, but just as pure dislike as I say hate is a strong word for me growing up watching Roy Keane seeing United be so successful and then being a ringleader of it um, and so arrogant about it as well um, yeah Roy Keane is my number three Like so there you go <laughs> yeah I think it's a worthy choice <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to this will probably love Roy Keane because of the you know Irish connection and stuff but um yeah, I just hated him growing up as a Liverpool fan, you know, so there you go. So, Danny, who is your top two? Here we go. <laughs> right, I was quite quiet, Jordan, that because my number two is Roy Keane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Roy, as you said, Roy Keane, he just epitomised everything that you hated about United at that particular time. He was just over... like. The problem was is that one of the things that really grinds you, and you know yourself when you're playing like five a side or something like that, and you've got one boy who like gives it loads and gives it in your face, but then it's got the skills to back it up. They're the yes. boys that you really hate. Those boys that like try and pop off numerous nutmegs on you and then give the abuse and stuff like that. They're the boys that you want to slap in the chops during the game. And Roy Keane was that type of guy. He loved the game. He, he was passionate about his club. He booted everybody that came anywhere near him but he had the skills to back it up 
and that's what you hated about him was the fact that he was so good that you, you kind of couldn't you, it was it's hard to even describe it's hard for me to get out sort of how I felt for him because as I said he was so good on the field and you didn't want him to do good you wanted him to have a, a rubbish game but he didn't he consistently performed so well every single week and backed it up but then was just so horribly aggressive towards Liverpool fans and toward, towards anyone and everyone to be fair um, but especially towards Liverpool fans so yeah it, it meant that he definitely was making my top two I think as I say I agree with you more I think as he retired and as um, I've started, we moved to Ireland a lot of Irish fans love him I think you can start to respect the talent he did have but yeah as a Liverpool fan back in the day I think me and me and you that I think we have to be honest I mean I'm going to say this if you agree fair enough if you don't you don't but I think a little bit of my hate is to do with jealousy because you know he's lifted all these trophies and we're watching him lift all these trophies and we just wish that was Gerard, didn't you at the time yeah, that's the thing, is that you did, you hated it because, as I said, he backed it up, he was he was aggressive, he was he was nasty, but he, he backed it up and he performed well and he was consistently very, very good. And as you said, if he's on your team, and there's loads of boys, as you said over here, that, that are Ireland supporters, that are United supporters, and they'll be like, oh, there's nothing wrong with him, Keane was a great player. I think the exact same about the likes of Martin Skirtle, about the likes of Craig Bellamy, because they were playing for Liverpool they were they were great players and I loved them but I remember watching Skirtle in an international game against England and I remember the whole 90 minutes I was like he's a dirty beast him because you were watching him out of the context of being in your club yes. so suddenly you're watching him and you're going oh yeah he's a horrible player to play against but because he played for you you loved him and, and that's what Roy Keane's all about yeah couldn't agree more but anyway Number one, who is your number one, Danny? I'm, I'm feeling before you say it, I'm feeling that we could have the same player, um, um, or this player will feature mine. But, but we'll see. Just let, tell me, sure, and we'll see. It's interesting because if your player hasn't been named yet, then it won't be the same because my player's already been named in your list. Um, so it's so it's going to be interesting. So my my number one is your number five, Diego Costa. Yes. <laughs> He is one of he is one of the few players that I literally can't stand to watch on a football pitch. For me, he is the epitome of a three-year-old child playing professional football. That's all he is. <laughs> he runs around, he dives, he jumps about, he cries, he whinges, he kicks people when they're not looking, all this different stuff, and he just he bugs the life out of me to watch. I hated him when he was at Chelsea, hated watching him, hated his antics and the way that he was, is waiting until the ref turns round and trying to kick someone in the leg on the sly and throwing the elbow in and then diving on the floor pretending he's been hit. I hated watching him. And I, I, I've said it numerous times to my wife when I was watching, even in the Atletico game um, not that long ago, I said, I was like, I think Diego Costa is the reason why I could not play professional football because I think I'd have killed him if I was on a football pitch with him. I don't think I could hold, like I was saying last week about the refereeing situation, I just couldn't hold my emotions. I think I'd end up booting him all over the field and just getting a red card and I wouldn't care. Can you take, like, I mean, by the way, I agree, he's in my top five, so I completely agree, but could you take it, could he, if, if he played for your club, could you see yourself loving him? Because that's the way I look at Dale Costa. I agree with everything you've said. But at the same time, I think to myself, if he played for Liverpool, would you not just love him? Because he'd be like, ah, oh, he's a scumbag, but he's our oh, scumbag, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard, it's hard, isn't it? It depends on the situation, I suppose, because I was thinking to myself, like, yes, he's talented. He's got a talent. We all know that. Um, 
but it, he was very close to it. It was only the fact that El Hadi Diouf was such a scumbag. Um, but the likes of Balotelli probably would have made my list as well. He played for Liverpool, but I remember the whole time he played for Liverpool, I was like, what a tool. Why have we even signed him? And I'm not sure whether I'd be like that with Diego Costa as well. Yeah, Diego Costa actually backs up a little bit, doesn't he, to be fair? Yeah, that's the difference. But yeah, I hated him. Hated watching him. Hated seeing him. I think I'd have killed him if I was playing against him. So well done to everyone that came up against Diego Costa and didn't spit in his face every time they seen him. <laughs> right, fair enough. Right, so I'll give you my top two. So my number two, and as I say, I thought he might have made your top five, but obviously he didn't. And my number two is John Terry. Um, I think... Would I, would, I, would I be biased by saying it's all football reasons? Probably not. But he just comes across to me as an absolute... I don't want to overuse the word scumbag, but he just comes across as an absolute... Just not a very good person, really. Um, I just look at him thinking, you know... I've always wanted... And again, probably a little bit of... Because he is a quality player. He's probably one of the best centre-backs to grace the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I just feel... What really annoyed me as well... Um, there's a lot of things have been documented in the press, and that's not for us to comment, you know, about no personal stuff. But what really annoyed me is I hated him the way he was. He was, you know, as a as a player. But on his last game for Chelsea, the way he he, he organised that himself to come off in the 26th minute and for everyone to clap him off and do a wee like guard of honour, and it was like pre-arranged with the referee and all that. That for me is just that's not what sport's about, and it was really, really, really like it is, and it's like you know why not just. You know, I look at what like what we we did for like Sammy Hippie where he come on, he took the captain's arm on for the last fifteen, twenty minutes and look what Gerard done. Um he just come off a few minutes before the end and got a standing ovation and I just look at what Terry done and as I say, he just comes across as I say, we're overusing the word scumbag a scumbag. No, don't get me wrong, he was good at tackling, he was good at blocking, he you know, he was good for England. But all the controversy that he, he went round, he obviously doing faithfulness on his wife with, you know, Wayne Bridges misses and all these other things surrounding him, and I think I think there was a racism route somewhere along the along the lines as well with him and stuff. I just think he was one of these players that when he's at Chelsea, thought he was untouchable, and um, yeah, I kind of just I've never liked him. He comes across as very arrogant when he get interviewed, and yeah, I just uh, he just comfortably makes my top five really compared to other players that I could have put in there. He just gets up there, but yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on John Terry? Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think, as I said, I'll, I'll give a few like honourable mentions in a bit. But um, he, he would have made. He was one of the ones I had in my sort of subs list. Is that the thing is, I loved the way John Terry played. He was a great player. He's the type of player that I like to watch because he was a centre back. He, he wasn't all that quick, but he read the game so well. He was unbeatable. Sort of the way he played at that time. He was just. Not and got past him. Like he never looked like he was too slow for the game. He was a great, great centre back. But as you said, it comes down to a personal aspect. And as a person, he seems a little bit horrible. <laughs> uh, there's so many things that you can say about John Terry. As you said, the whole like the thing with Wayne Bridges misses, um, the whole even the not being able to play in the Champions League final, and like any humble player would would come on at the end and sort of lift the trophy with the team it's a team sport but no he has to full kit it up come on in his captain's armband because he's lifting the trophy because it's all about John Terry and that's what it was all about and like for me as I said that kind of epitomised him that moment and I'm glad that he'll it'll live with him for the rest of his life because he'd done it for selfish reasons it wasn't about the team it was about him and that was it well yeah that's what I was going to bring up next it's just it's just 
just kind of shows what type of person he was like it's like a quality player but if he just had a little bit of you know modesty maybe he would have he wouldn't be in this top five he might have been sitting there thinking wow what a great player he was but for me yeah not there um number one as you said your number one was my number five well my number one was your number five um my number one was Eladji Juf. Um for me, as I, as I say, he was the first player I seen score for Liverpool live. Um when he played for Liverpool, all the things you said about him kind of being against the team and stuff like that. And when he went on to Blackburn and Rovers and everything eventually it was a Celtic or Rangers he played for, I think it was Rangers he played for then. Um spitting and stuff. And all the things he's all the things he's since said as well, you know, saying that, you know, Carrigan Gerrard and Gerrard's not this and Gerrard's not that anyone that knows anything about football even the most hardcore Man United fans can never deny Steven Gerrard's quality he is living in his in his own cuckoo land to say that you know Gerrard wasn't a good player and all this and that Tuf is just and as I say I think he was the only player that's ever wore the Liverpool shirt that I'm ashamed that's wore the Liverpool shirt there's been players that haven't been good enough and that's just that's life there's been players that haven't done the best things to like see Suarez is the thing about Suarez was he bit people and stuff and then he had the incident with um, Evra which you can't say he was great but he was a quality player and he kind of justifies it by his background and he, he has come out and said sorry and tried to change his ways the youth just thinks he's you know put it this way Suarez went from Liverpool to Barcelona and reject, and you know, tried to go to Barcelona the year before um, the youth went from Liverpool to Blackburn or something you know he's just goes to show that the youth, the youth was never that good um, to warrant the, the comments that he's made, and yeah, he's a, he's just a scumbag. I'm ashamed to play for Liverpool, and he's my number one because of the reasons I've stated above. You know, um, all the players I've mentioned in the top four have got quality, um, and that's probably half the reason I hate them because they've got quality. Do you never quality? Yeah, no, I agree with you. As I said that he was on my list, and he's yeah, he was just he was not a nice character, and as you said, his career proved. Like what he was at, that Liverpool was his highest level, and I think a lot of when I remember reading the comments about what he said about Gerard and about Carragher and, and about how rubbish they were and stuff like this, and about how they were only getting into the team because they were local lads and stuff like this. And for me, it was just him crying to try and stay in the spotlight. It's like I need to say something controversial here so that it'll get printed in a newspaper or on a sports report so that so that people still remember who I am. That's that's the type of player that the youth was. Someone who never had much ability, but only people only know his name because of what he was like and the fact that he was a bit of a dope. Well, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, that's why he's my number one. So, give me your number five to number one um, from five to one, Danny. Right, so I was number five, El Hadji Juf. Number four, Duncan Ferguson. Number three, Gary Neville. Number two, Roy Keane. And number one, Diego Costa. And my five were Diego Costa at number five, Ferguson at number four. Number three, Roy Keane. Number two, John Terry. And number one, Scum the Youth. It's <laughs> 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 the last word that I'll use that. Who were the other names that you want to give a wee mention before we kind of get ready for our guest? So I think there was a few, as I said, honourable mentions of boys that I think other people would have had in their head. And you saw the classic characters that people don't like. So I started, so the likes of Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole was another one, kind of re- renowned for being a bit of a scumbag in, in world football. Uh, Craig Bellamy, Balotelli were two of the ones that I had in the Liverpool side of it. Uh, Adebayor was another one, the switch across the, the Spurs to yeah, Arsenal. Adebayor, and, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Joey Barton's another one. Yes. Classic. Um, everybody hated Joey Barton, still does hate Joey Barton. You only need to see any one of his tweets that have been posted in the last five years to see how much everybody hates Joey Barton. Um, John Terry. <laughs> and then the other one who I thought might have made your list uh, was Raheem Sterling. Oh, yes. Right, okay, fair enough, yeah. Raheem Sterling, obviously well known for the way that he's been and his whole, yeah. the whole like dogging off Liverpool for the money and stuff like that. The way he's been in England and what he's done with Gomez this year, um, and then obviously I know you've told the story a couple of times about the way he was yeah. with with your friend Sai. Um, so there's a yeah. lot in there that I thought I potentially be making Amos list there. <laughs> I think he's kind of redeemed himself a little bit by you know the, the, the battle against racism and stuff. That's probably mm. why he didn't quite. I think he was probably a bit of a let's say young and a bit naive and stuff. And I think he's kind of grew up a little bit now. So uh, I think he, he is actually quoted and saying if he ever went back to one club, it would only ever be Liverpool as well. So um, I think he's made up for that a little bit. And he and he is he has got quality. Um, but yeah, as I say, those five that I picked just kind of picked them there. But yeah, there you go. Um, I'm sure our guest Ronan will have an interesting top five as well. Um, if anyone knows Ronan Boyle, he's 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 not shy in giving his opinion. So um, he's going to be our guest shortly. So um, thanks for discussing those those top five with me, Danny. Um, what we're going to do, which is a bit unusual, actually taking a bit of a break now, and then we'll we'll get Ronan on. So yeah, real further ado, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Road. Right, folks, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road, and we have our special guest, Ronan Boyle. So how's it going, Ronan? How are you? Everything's brilliant, Ammo. Yourself? I, I'm, I'm grand. Um, thank you for coming on. How are you finding lockdown? Do you know what, guys? It was uh, the first couple of weeks, sort of like a horror film, wasn't it? Like a pandemic. You no, know, it mm-hmm. was like a zombie movie or something. And see, since I stopped watching news completely, it's like one big holiday, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid from I get paid uh, for work, so we go out one day a week. I work with young people, you see, in care, so we go out one day a week to the isolated kids and deliver food and stuff. Hmm. Around that, then we would do education over uh, Google Classroom and Zoom and all that crack. So it's all most of my work from the house, but it's I have three kids running about, and I'm in a small house, two rooms downstairs, busy. three up. The mother now and everything's here, so. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me this, are you missing a football running? Oh, man. Hey. Do you know what I did every day religiously? I was on all the Liverpool sites. Most fans do it. You go into the uh, Echoes uh, website and you go on the News Now Liverpool, they train. Even the crap you had read, you know about transfers. It might, this is the first time, actually, when you read about transfers, it might, we might get them. No. <laughs> yeah, before it was all outlandish but uh, missing it badly man that's especially Champions League you get two matches a week mm-hmm. like yeah. I suffered through the I hate international breaks I used to follow the Republic Ireland now I don't care <laughs> it's just Liverpool you know what I mean and, and international breaks are just so I've actually it's left me football it just seems so far away and what, what 30 years boys we wait 30 years and on the year we're definitely going to want it. As we've mentioned on previous pods, hey, yeah, I know we've waited 30 years, we can wait a bit longer. But anyway, uh, guys, we, we've got we've got Ronan on. As you all know, we don't just get any guests on. We have guests for a certain reason. And Ronan has actually made quite a name for himself in the comedy circuit locally. He's also um, 50% of 
the really massive page Trabanta. Um, so we're going to ask him a few questions that people have wrote in with um, and get to know Ronan a little bit more. So I think the first and the most obvious question, which Danny wants to ask you, um, so I'll pass you over to Danny, is, there you go, Danny, you, you ask him, sure. It's mine going first. I think it's a very stereotypical question, Ronan, you've probably heard it before. If you had the option of being a professional footballer or a professional stand-up comedian selling out tours all over nationwide, countrywide, worldwide, which which one would you be going for? Oh, comedy. Wow. <laughs> really? What makes, you, yeah. what makes you choose that? Well, there be, I don't know. There's no better, boys, and you a room full of people laughing. Whatever you're saying, mm. like I'm in the comedy scene now. We well know, but I'm not on. <clears throat> say about eight months I was doing, but I got I went from just doing uh, open mics, and then started as a, as my last few gigs. I uh, was warm up then, Mickey Bartlett and Shane Todd and mm. Connor Keys and you know established acts. So it was going really well, and then the lockdown happened. But that's a hard one, boys. <laughs> you would need to know if you were scoring the winner in a Champions League final for Liverpool. Jeez. I don't know. Right, so oh, here we go. <laughs> Wembley, London, 85,000 people sold out or Champions League final, Wembley, scoring the winning goal for Liverpool. If you had to pick one now, what would you pick? Oh, man. Woo! Probably the goal, hey? That <laughs> 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 goal. Uh, man, I watched you know, watching Liverpool through the years and then you look around all their teams and you have to say they're the most exciting team in the world. Like, you know, the many comebacks. Like, you could do a comeback mm-hmm. reel on Liverpool alone. You know, you could do a couple of video. Or I know, it's ridiculous over the years. The top 10, and you couldn't even pick. You know, obviously, I would say uh, against Milan in the 2005 final has to be put as the, the best because we won the Champions League. But the one against Barcelona just pops it for me because... One and that won us the, the Champions League because Spurs were never going to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good good point there. Like, Danny, we could actually do it like a, a podcast dedicated to comebacks. That's actually you could, a good sure. idea. I know, you could. Think of the many. Think of the many. Could, even, even Dortmund a few years back. Do you know what I mean? I know. See, that's the problem, though, is that one of them involves Dortmund and it involves Dejan Lovren. He's a bit of a pin. So, yeah. <laughs> you um, Lovren, boys? <laughs> uh, Danny doesn't like Lovren at all, Ronan, so he doesn't. He's <laughs> like Marmite. He's, uh, it's, it has, it's the inconsistencies, I suppose, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So tell me this, Ronan. <laughs> what was it like supporting Shane Todd up in Belfast? How many people were at the gig and uh, what was the reception? Because we know um, through living near Belfast, me and Danny, that the People from Belfast aren't as welcoming as warm sometimes as the people in Saban. What was that like? Well, I'll tell you, that was the Belfast probably the most stressed because I, I sort of steered away from Belfast for a wee while. I thought I'd go up there, they're not even going to understand me. <laughs> my culture <laughs> accent. But uh, that uh, went brilliant. I, went, I, I did the good thing. See the thing about comedy, boys, you need to be on stage nearly every other day or like five, five days a week. Or you can, like, if. I stopped for Christmas for like four weeks and I went back and I was a bag of nerves and, and I died in my hole mm. and that happens. But uh, she and Todd, I, there was about 300, uh, 300, 300 people all waiting and then when you stop talking, it goes silent, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I went, went very well. Mickey Barton was on, she and Todd, Connor Keys, Fiona Doherty, she's in the Soft Border Patrol and Dairy Girls. 
you know, it was I was like I was rubbing shoulders with the stars, like mm. Belfast. <laughs> as there is that feeling too, because there was guys leaving that gig to do a gig across the road. That city feel about it. You know what I mean? Liverpool would <laughs> be the same. Yeah. Well, my biggest one was probably uh, my best gig was in Derry, and uh, it's not the chicken box. What do you call it? See me, boys. I had an amazing gig up there. Just it was one of them gigs that it was kind of amazing. Anyway. That you can't remember where it was. <laughs> I don't, that's me, but I see me. I remember things. I remember everything, but I don't remember names or no or numbers or anything like that. Mm. There's two. It's the laugh, laugh at the laughs in Derry. Uh, and I was warming up a guy called. <laughs> oh yeah, you couldn't Chris write Kent. it. Chris Kent. Well, he's flying like he's he's a big bike. He did a tour. His tours come through there, and like I'm doing warm ups for these boys that are doing big tours. Mm. Mickey Bartlett, the Amsterdam, and the Alley Theatre, three hundred people, my hometown. It didn't go How so well. Have, you know what I mean? It went well, but it didn't. You know when it just when it, you have the days when it's just you feel like Billy Connolly, man, when you're up there and everything's going well. Yeah, yeah. But there's days when it just there's days like I know guys that. Even Big Connor Keys was telling me one there in the weekend. He says that he did a gig in Belfast and it went okay. You know, you feel it. Cross the road and did the exact because you do the you have, you have your 10, 15 minutes you work on it. And it was the best gig I ever did in his life. <laughs> so it's all about the people listening and you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So, aye. Fair enough. And tell me this, Ronan, what was the inspiration behind the, the famous Stravanta page. Um, it's how many likes you've got on Facebook now? How many is it? I couldn't even tell. Oh, I've got about 53,000 followers or something like that. Wow. And tell me, <laughs> every, anyone that anyone that lives in Stravanta or the surrounding areas um, knows the Stravanta page and knows yeah. Ronan. They will know his face, whether you like it or you don't. You know his face. <laughs> tell me what was the inspiration. That, you do a lot of charity work, don't you? You do a hell of a lot of charity work. So, aye. Well, we've we've raised thousands over the last... Like, we're running now two years. It's actually started because me and Anthony Duffy. Anthony lives in Boston, but we're lifelong friends. And yep. we have the same sectile personalities. <laughs> and we were just... We used to mess about on Facebook on the weekends and stuff like that. Mostly half drunk, half, half shot. And we got this stage where we were thinking, like, not everybody wants to listen to us. We know what's on your face here. So if we create a page, you don't have to follow it. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if I'm your friend on Facebook, you like me as a person, but you don't like me, you don't get me humor. You still have to look at me whenever I'm putting it up. So we put up our own page thinking I wouldn't go anywhere. Actually, Anthony actually tweeted about it last week. You're not tweeted. Posted about it. We found our first private meal where we sent each other. Where we, the whole, where we do our own page. Do, 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 do. Everything I'm saying, so we, we literally got on so we wouldn't torture people, <laughs> and then and it just you... went from strength to strength. And then, like, uh, charities, we did the big the Ballycommon Games, that was the first big yep. video we did, where the Same two of us uh, were running around our old house estate doing you know, the tasks and stunts you would have done when you're younger, mm. like uh, Granny Backs or Gra- the Grand National running through people's gardens. I've seen, knock, it. Knock, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. No, that raised six anyone, grand for mental health. Wow. If anyone listening, if you go onto Facebook, and it's quite easy to find the Stravanta page. And if you scroll through the videos, you know, you might need a bit of time because some of them are lengthy. That was pinned on, on the videos, actually. <laughs> Very good. And then uh, we did Santa, we did uh, the Santa Claus appeal. And the, just, but you know then, right, when you have a big following, you may as well use it for good. You can. Yeah. Yeah. But with the Christmas, we would uh, we do like a Stravanta cause, we call it. Everything has a wee ring to it. 
and it's about uh, bringing toys to families we wains that might not have any at Christmas. So we go to the pla- the right places, obviously, the homelessness centres and stuff like that, and they would send us names and addresses and stuff, the food banks and stuff like that of pe- families that are struggling, and then we go around delivering toys. What we do is we ask people to donate on for a fiver, around a fiver, new toy, and every week, it's the first year went well. Last year, we started families in Oma, Day, uh, Straban, like hundreds of wains got sorted for Christmas because of the... Well, and, and tell me this, Ronan, running that page with the amount of followers, I mean, I, I'm... I'm, I'm I follow it myself. Um, Danny is even aware of it, and he's you know the other side. Weirdly enough, weirdly enough, I knew very little about you, Ronan, but yet I followed the page. Um, <laughs> not even from not even from this country, but yet when Amo said to me about it, I was like, I follow that page on Facebook. You're selling, uh, you're selling a Ford Escort at the minute, aren't you? Know I was. I went. I'm. I'm hearing myself out, man. During these times, if anybody wants anything done, I'm. I'm up selling cars, and I'm doing. I was on a horse last week selling. Uh, tickets for cowboy competitions and then I was selling, I pretended it was a car dealership man and I haven't a clue about anything about cars so <laughs> I see this bad video but I know that you know things happen whenever you get uh, your face out there like mm-hmm. is it a full is it a full time job just running that page rolling and I'd say that people don't realise and people get sometimes annoyed that you don't get back to them whenever you're getting texts and messages and everybody wants you to free advertise for them and go and do that we would sort of keep it we try and keep Straban, uh, obviously the the main thing. But we would still we would promote anybody sports or art or mm. music or stuff like that. No creative stuff. We try and keep it. We're like Straban Chronicle on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell me this, Ronan. What 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 for you personally as as a, as a comedian or as a, as a an act in their own right? What are your dreams, ambitions? But where do you when this lockdown is over? What do you see yourself being and doing in the next say three to five years? Do you know what? I'll tell you how I got on there. On there all, I've always been a messer. I've always been a, a like the class clown. If you know, if you know what I mean, I was always up for the banter. I was crazy in my in my twenties. So I would never have done it in my twenties. Was too much running around like an Egypt, like the rest of this, the town. <laughs> but uh, I used to fight. I used to do the MMA and the kickboxing and stuff like that. And you get some buzz. That's sort of the same as what you're saying. You're out in front of the crowd and you're fighting and. You know, you're winning out there. And when that stops, there's a big void. So I started doing pantos at the town. And the buzz I got from that led me on. And then the page was sort of going concurrently with me doing pantos. And uh, it was all comedy then. I was only getting the comedy parts in the pantos, obviously. So I did about three pantos, a couple of musicals, started getting into all that stuff. And then it gave me the nerve then to get up on stage. And the ultimate, ultimate thing to do on stage, and you can ask any performer, the one that takes the most balls is stand-up comedy. Mm. Because if la- people laughing, it's, it's, you know what I mean? You, you, you can't, uh, what way can I put it? It's involuntary laughter, isn't it? Yeah. So if you're not funny, people don't laugh. And I've found that out a few times too. After about <laughs> seven months of gigs, I would say I died in my hole about four times. Mm. Proper, nobody right. laughing. That's tight. So that's the thing. It's, you know, every time you go up, you're nervous because every, every time you never know how it's going to go. You, you have to feel in good form too, you're thinking. But after this, do you know, I thought I'd be doing a pile of writing over the lockdown, but I'm not. <laughs> There's a couple of live things, but I would hope that I still have, like I need to look at my whole set again now, but I would hope I get definitely back to the stand-up. 
Because everything I did stand up was the best because <clears throat> when you lose a fight, it's the worst experience ever. Like losing a fight's worse than dying in your hole on stage mm. doing comedy. Because you train for eight, nine weeks for it. Uh, family and all come to see you. And see when you lose, nobody texts you. Nobody mm. cares. <laughs> and you feel every punch and every aching pain. But when you win, you feel numb. You're out that night. Everybody's patting you in the back. But uh, comedy, now, I hope to get back at it right when I get back out. Or when I can. So we don't know when it's going to be back to normal. I don't know. But what That's I would say true. is, hearing laughter is better than getting likes on Facebook. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough, that's a very good point. Well, that, 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 that actually was really good to get a little bit of an insight into your career and how you become, you know, in my eyes, a professional stand-up, because you, you're as closest to a stand-up comedian as I know anyway, so have to say fair play to you, Ronan. But I've got a few <laughs> questions about Liverpool now. Yep. So the quick quick fire questions, and then obviously we'll ask you about the this is where I'm gonna This is where this podcast is going to go down the toilet, because... <laughs> <laughs> if you're asked about stats or numbers or uh, go ahead. No, no, Shoot. no. So just, here we go. Who's your favourite Liverpool player and why? John Barnes. Why? John Barnes was what made me fall over Liverpool. Hey, it was just I was raging that he wasn't like talked about as the best player in the world back in the eighties, man. And uh, you know, especially that Jer or John Barnes, Beardsley, Rush, that last league one on team. He was just amazing, man. You remember him skipping down the, the, the wing and taking around people and scoring and freak. He did everything. Like, mm-hmm. uh, do you, I'm a big lover of Gerard, obviously, but John Barnes would just pep Suarez for the best talent. Fair enough, seen. fair enough. I have um, never watched you... any Daglish, you see? No Daglish. Nah, 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 fair enough. Barnes is following Barnes's quality though, like there's nothing. The, he had a good three, I'd say three seasons. People say that like his best seasons were before he came to Liverpool, but I'd, I'd say yeah, no. good three seasons Barnes where he was just unstoppable, like Gareth Bale type quality running down that left. Thierry Henry sort of mm. that sort of, and, and they'll tell you it was the best of the point then. Hey? It was just and I, when you're a kid, so that stays me. He was always my favorite player, like. We've discussed Henri and stuff in the past, so I think Barnes is a bit before my time, Ronan. But I've certainly seen enough videos to I've seen enough videos to to, to, to well, agree with. If you go, you know if you you go on YouTube and look at highlights of Barnes, you'll come away thinking, do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's That's what was your first Liverpool match, Ronan, um, that you went to? Um, what was the score? And did you, you know, what was the best experience from going to Anfield for the first time? First time I went to Anfield, it was just an awe more than enjoying the match because uh, I was when you when you're from a, a wee town in Stra- like Straban and you support Liverpool, you have to take whatever ticket you can get. Mm. Ever it's very, really hard to get the Everton or the, the top five or do you know what I mean? The matches. Yeah. So I can't remember the name. Of, I think it was Sheffield United. Or, so I can't mind. I'm going to start lying here now. <laughs> I don't know the name, but uh, what I call him, I was over me and my dad. And you, whenever you go to Liverpool, you go to the weekend. So the sesh was on as well, do you know what I mean? So we finished the match. And, but the, uh, my wife and my ma, we were going to watch the match. <laughs> but no, I remember just seeing big, uh, what do you call him? Crouch. Just being yeah. amazed at how thin his legs were. Like, how many matches these boys have to see? Do you, you know, know what? Me, me and Danny have discussed this before. It's not as easy as you think. Getting all the politics is quite hard, isn't it, Danny? Mm. 
Yeah, I, I managed one season to maybe hit about 20 games in the season just because one of my friend's dad's had a season ticket and he was working away. So I managed to get a season ticket and that, that's the only reason I got the games. Outside of that, you'd be you'd be doing well if you get to two games a season. In the yeah, you're all, and it's always somebody else's name on the tickets when you're going on. Yeah, tell, <laughs> me this, always, tell me this. This is always something I wanted to know from a scouse. What do you think of supporters that aren't from Liverpool? Well, um, Roland, you have to listen to the episode two and three of the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, we've, already, we've, already, we've already discussed that, haven't we, Danny? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I'd, I'd have always said that when I was in Liverpool, anyone that wasn't from Liverpool that supported Liverpool were just glory hunters, and that's all there was yeah. to it. Until I came to live over here, similar to yourself. I had a, a mate that lives over here. Uh, he's a big Everton fan. Tried to get tickets for his 30th birthday. Impossible to get tickets. Eventually got two tickets about three months after his birthday to go see Everton Swansea. Flew over for the game, got sorted, got to the ground, finished nil-nil. It was the worst game ever. And there's boys and then they're like, oh, well, it was a good tactical game. And I was like, couldn't give a crap if it was a tactical game. It cost me nearly £1,000 to get over here for one match. Like, so I've, I've got respect for boys from the likes of over here who go across the games because it costs far people more money. You've got to be far more committed to do it. Because yeah, people cro- across the world, they see yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, I have to say, I have to agree with Danny there. Like, you know, when I was in Liverpool, you said they're thinking glory hunters. They're just, you know, why don't they support the local teams? Yeah, um, but then I've, I've been to a few games over here. <laughs> you probably can play uh, in our local team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, at the end of the day, there's some, I mean, at the end of the day, there's fans that generally who, who live you know, locally in Ireland, Northern Ireland, and they can't afford tickets, they can't afford to go over to Liverpool and, you know, get tickets and all that crap. But you still see them walk around in the Liverpool shirt. You still see them walk around in the Liverpool jackets. They still put money into the club and they still watch every single match religiously. Yeah. At the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, they're just as big. And I've seen some of the biggest, biggest, best Liverpool fans over in over in Ireland. So I have to say, I was wrong in my first. The Day Trippers do their podcast. They were the Irish boys, wouldn't they? The, the mm. Day Tripper podcast. Uh, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Um, you know, what's the team just in your heart? That's it. Doesn't matter where you like. If you're going to go down that route, they may as well fill the team full of Liverpool. Uh, people from Liverpool and the team, like the Glasgow team, <laughs> the one. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So they're, they're an international team, and I think the further away you live from Liverpool, the more mystical they become. Though it's like <laughs> to get there. You know. Fair enough. But uh, the one that always got me was that song that we started singing last year. Um, we're never going to stop. Da, 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 da. Yeah. We come so from fun. Liverpool. And I'm like, So tell me this, Ronan. Ostracizing me. <laughs> Tell me this, Ronan. So, did you did you think of the top five players that you hate out of since you watched football in the Premier League era? Did you think of any at all? The top five players that I hate. Does it yes. matter any team? Nope. Any team, anywhere. So, Gary for Neville. example, Dan, Danny's number one was um, Diego Costa, and mine was Elijah. So you can be anyone. Gary Neville for doing the kissing, the, the running the whole end for the pitch to kiss the. The chest, yeah. uh, John Terry. Yeah, he coming to my top five too. Yeah. Uh, um, Ryan Giggs. Because <laughs> he's a cheater. <laughs> um, just you could just follow that list with Neville's, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. 
Man United, do you know what? It's just and, and locally, you know what the banter's like when it comes to football teams because that's the difference probably than love and say if you're in Liverpool, it's between Evertonians and Scousers or Liverpool supporters. But in Straban, it seems to be like six teams or something that you would have, or even here in the north, it's United and Liverpool, the two main ones, and then you get scatterings, uh, Spurs and Arsenal's, yeah. and you get the new. Plastic man for the very fans. Good way you said that's scattering to scattering uh, the fans. Just be, a couple, couple want to be different people, just <laughs> a couple but of weirdos. Fans can make me turn against teams. Like I yeah. haven't made Spurs until a few local lads put me straight on that one. <laughs> should, we, should, we, should, we, should we name drop them? Should we name drop them? Sean Flair. Sean We're dropping Sean Flair. Danny, you wouldn't have met this boy. He's actually a really sound fella, but yeah, I think he's a secret Liverpool fan, isn't he, Ronan? He's English too, isn't he? Yeah, he's English too. He's just, I think he's a secret Liverpool fan, to be honest. Oh, he hits. He hits. Like, I've never seen that. Like, United, I'm used to it. All United supporters always say that. But this man thinks that he genuinely has a, lo- a hit for Liverpool. I think Spurs went through like a five year, uh, for about five years, we weren't even in the top four. And they were doing, like, they were above us for five years, but like that. So he's disgusted that we can still talk about ourselves being this high and mighty team. and well, we won't give him any more airtime, but I've got one last question for you, Ronan, um, before we, we end this podcast today. Um, who is your favourite comedian and why? My favourite ever is probably Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly, you mentioned him before. And why, why would that be? Because Billy Connolly, I don't know if this is true or not, but Billy Connolly apparently never read a joke down. Now that sounds, if, you're, if you know anything about comedy, you know that sounds just impossible. Yeah, I mean, it just no. It doesn't mean he gets up on stage and improvs and makes it up. He knows what he's going to say and he hasn't worked out. But it has nothing written down, and it's just back when all the comedians back then were doing the old uh, Muller-in-law jokes and crap. He was coming out and he'd be an original and funny and you know, hum. I like Peter K. Um, yeah, Frank, Frankie Boyle. Yeah, Garlic bread. <laughs> Frankie Boyle and uh, the other Scottish comedian is brilliant too, Kevin Bridges. Mm. Kevin Bridges, yeah. Empty. <laughs> I love, I love all that. Locally, do you know what? Um, there's a comedian from Omar called Connor Keyes. I think he's brilliant. Um, he introduced me into the comedy scene. Um, it doesn't do his, it, it does warm up for a lot of the big acts, but locally, uh, he's one of my favourites. Mm. Yeah, you had to give him a wee plug then, didn't you, Pete? It's <laughs> <laughs> got me a few paid gigs. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fair enough. <laughs> well, no, Ronan, thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on tonight. As me and Danny have discussed in previous pods, the night that we have up in Dicey Rallies when this lockdown's over, um, like Darren uh, Doherty, Ronan Boyle will be on that list and he will be entertaining the crowd and getting us warmed up. Um, so we'll be there. So we'll look forward to that night. You never but walk alone, in- boys. <laughs> in the meantime thank you so much for listening Good to fun. Amo and Danny's Irish Amphire Road stay safe and take care Sports Social Podcast Network As a major research institution, Arizona State University offers the most online bachelor's degree programs, along with world-class faculty and dedicated support. Discover why ASU is ranked number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Tap to learn more.